What's up, gamers? Welcome to Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 41, Hexed, Nether Maze Rivals Review 3, Hexbane's Hunters. That was a mouthful. That was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, Yeah, so for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is uh, a podcast following four busy gamers, uh, their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention, uh, playing games that they love, and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared Johnson, uh, and I am joined tonight by Trace Hyde. Burn all the witches. And Jason Tabled Noob Murray. Repent, for you have sinned. Ah, so uh, I like the flavorful intros there. I uh, I feel like I missed out. Um, maybe I'm the heretic. Um, so we're excited about tonight's episode. Jason is really excited. Um, he has been I, I, yeah. harping on this warband since the moment it got previewed. Um, so uh, yeah, we're excited to talk about it. So in this episode, we're going to cover um hexbane hunters from a, a rivals perspective so and following the standard format you know going through the objectives the gambits the upgrades that you want what's the play style what boards do you want how do you beat them uh what's the new player rating uh so we'll dig all into all of that in the in the meat of this episode um we also are uh, are getting caught up on kind of the current meta and some of the new universals uh i and jason both participated in the online community league uh, this past, I guess, season, as they're calling it. So um, so we've been playing some championships, so uh, we want to talk well, about... Some of us have been playing and losing, but some of us actually made the playoffs. So some of, some congratulations of us, to yep. you. Thank you, thank you. I still suck again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we suck again! Hooray! No, but it's, it's I, good, and it's fun, and uh, as busy as this time of year gets, there was a part of me that kind of wished that I hadn't made the cut, but I did, so here I am. So, um, and I think seventeen players made the cut. So Correct. all but yeah. all but one of us got a buy. So I actually have a buy this week, which is convenient. Anyway, um, I feel like we're getting off track. So anyway, so we <laughs> there's there is one card that we want to talk about that came out in the Universals uh, for this release, or that will come out, I guess, uh, this Saturday that we want to talk about. Um, I think we're going to save that for the outro though, just for funsies. Um, so after we get through everything, um, but Ooh, is that a cliffhanger? It was, it was you've nice. Commi- it, you've committed us now. I know, right? Somebody's going to have to like use a timestamp to jump ahead in the episode. If that's what they want to hear, <laughs> scroll through. Some, some or, might say that it's the end phase. Oh, or is it? Episode. Or is it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, or, you know, they'll, they'll listen to the podcast like I do at 1.8 speed and then try to have a normal <laughs> conversation with somebody and be like, why are you talking so slow? <laughs> anyway, before we get into anything else, I thought it'd be good to catch up. Trace, what you been up to lately, bud? Uh, we've been, I've played a lot of games, actually, since our last episode. Um, I went to uh, Age of Sigmar tournament. Um, did fairly well, seeing as how I haven't played an actual Age of Sigmar tournament in over two years. Um, went two and three. I took Slaves to Darkness, played... Um, a Gloom Spike gets player, a and then back to back, um, Maggot Ken of Nurgle players. Um, ended up going two and three, or two, two, yeah, two of three, two and, two and two one. of three, two and one. Um, was 
a really nice event. There was like 28 people there. It was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was hosted at Atomic Empire here in Durham, close to where to where we are. So if you were able, if you were at that event and you were listening, I'm glad that you were there. It made for a great event. Um, and then also, uh, we've I've gotten a couple games of Marvel Crisis Protocol under my belt um, over the past couple weeks. Played against Jason at our Monday meetup this past Monday, um, which would have been the 8th of August. 8th of August. Yes, 8th of August. And damn it, I would have won if I could have rolled one more wild. Come on, Hulk. Hulk. Come on. It it is a game that literally came down to one die roll and two back-to-back 11 dice Hulk smashes. Yeah. It was um, pretty. If you, it was pretty it was an awesome game. It was a great game. Um, and then just this past, just a couple of nights ago, Jared and I actually got together and played a game of Marvel Crisis Protocol as well. And it was Criminal Syndicate and into the. Uh, you were playing Brotherhood, right? Yep, Jared. Jared I was. was playing Brotherhood. Um, he was trying to play all the conditions on me. Um. But it went well. Um, it was it was a good game. It, it came down. I mean, the games that I've played, both of them came down to like they could have swung on a couple dice rolls, which is great. Good game design, good game balance. Um, lots of fun. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I just want to elaborate on this Hulk roll again. So, <laughs> so MCP for me, like I love it. It's fun. But I like really I don't know what it is, but at, at any game that I play, it gets so like visual for me and I can just see like Hulk running. So there's Hulk. He's running up the side of the street. He's jumping over this uh, the, the this workstation, like this double wide trailer on this this uh, construction site. And he whips it at you like he's like just throwing it. Ha ha. Oh, like, yeah. Throws a size for um, <laughs> double wide at someone. Uh, I think that was on um, Black Cat, right? Or you, you no. threw three? You threw three objects at me within a turn and a half. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I like to throw the stuff, right? So we throw it, um, and you had oh my goodness, what was his? What was the? Uh, was, so the pair that you the pair was that was jug- on that objective was it was Juggernaut and Taskmaster. Yeah, Taskmaster. That's who it was. So we, you know, I kind of get energy with Hulk. I grab Juggernaut and I just douche, 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 right? Just beating Juggernaut up. Just love it every single day. And then when I beat him up, I throw Juggernaut into Taskmaster. So I've already thrown a double wide at Taskmaster. I'm throwing Juggernaut at Taskmaster because all I need is this wild. And then I unleash the fury that is Hulk one more time. And I literally, literally, I, I roll nine hits. On 11 dice, hits. And for those that don't play Marvel Crisis Protocol, it's very similar to Underworlds. Every single side of the die has a um, a symbol, symbol, right? Yeah. A symbol. So I roll nine hits, and I need one wild so I can throw Juggernaut into Taskmaster again to KO uh, uh, Taskmaster into Daze Juggernaut. Well, I Daze Juggernaut, but I didn't get to KO Taskmaster, and then Taskmaster stabbed me with his steely knives, just like in Hotel California. And the Hulk fell. And that turned my flank. 
but it was it's so and the other thing too is if that doesn't happen then vision flies over there and heals up the hulk and then trace is done done yep forget it forget it. it's over so that was my that was my one game um, you know, I'm on a losing streak, guys, so I've played a ton of games. The league, I've been bouncing around from Warband to Warband because I don't know what I want to take to Nova. We are at such an exciting spot in the meta for Underworlds that I want to play everything. Like, I have not played in an Underworlds tournament in life, in real life in three years, and I'm just like that. I'm like Tommy Boy, and I got my shiny little thing, and I just love it. And the whole shiny pet, I love it. And then I go, and I mess it all up. And oh my goodness, I haven't won. I, I think I did win one game um, this this season with some Godsworn Hunt, but it's been it's been a lot of games, just having fun, rolling some dice, getting ready for Nova. But um, I haven't really hobbied all that much. Jared, what are you done? Yeah, so I'm with you. Not a not a lot of hobbying, and uh, I I did really well uh, and, until the last release of Warbands. I have Black Powder and. Um, uh Dinosaurs. No, no, they're not painted. I have Black Powder and Zandyr and the Cunning Crew all painted. And I got them all painted before the Exile Dead and Skittershank and 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 the Shadeborn were released. But now I don't have anything painted and and Hexbane's Hunters comes out this weekend. So I'm not gonna I'm not going to live up to getting everything painted for Underworlds before the next thing comes out, but hopefully I'll get everything painted before. Uh, may, uh, there's a good chance that I'll get everything painted before the whatever those corn guys that that they've teased are coming out. Um, so, but uh, a lot of games uh, I've been playing Headcrackers Mad Mob in the league, and I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to take to Nova. Um, I haven't really dug into the Universals a lot uh, that are coming in the Hexbane's box. So I don't know if any if that's gonna change my deck any, but um I you know I don't know what it is. I I like the Orcsies. Um that's when we're ready to go. Don't worry, I've already incorporated all the cards. We're okay. a lock, steady, roll some dice. I love it. Let's do it. It's gonna be a, it's a terrible idea. This is a yeah, terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. But you're, you'll have you, fun. Yeah, you you're you're doing pretty well with Headcracker. I think you're onto yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I think there's some good stuff there. Um so and then some MCP. Um, so you know, been been running around. You know, I did X Force almost exclusively for a long time. I've gotten a couple of games in with X Men as with Storm as the leader, which is fun because she's a threat three leader, which opens up room for other fighters to come in and and more fighters. Uh, and then the past couple of games I've I've run, I've played um, I've played Brotherhood. So one with Magneto as the leader, and one with Mystique as the leader, and. The last game I played, I used uh, against Trace, I used Mr. Sinister and Omega Red just because I have those models and I wanted to get them on the table. And I'm not sure that they synergize as well with Mystique. Um, I think they'd do better with Magneto so he can feed them power. But anyway, before this becomes a Marvel Crisis Protocol episode, uh, which we should probably do at some point, um, we won't need to dig any further into that. But it has been a lot of fun to play it to get some really cool like cinematic moments happening on the tabletop. Uh we could entice and, our fourth member of our podcast to come on the podcast. That's we, true. Uh, yeah, because uh, the game that I played at our game night was against Danny running uh, running um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he had Angela and Valkyrie. And let me tell you, if, uh, if you daze Valkyrie, and she has 10 power when she comes out of that daze... You're in trouble. 
it is bad news bears. Bad it's news bad. bears. She can do it's some train. Listen, it's never bad news when you get to play Magneto and throw all the things. I know. Yeah, I did. I did. I threw all the things. And then I think uh, Rogue ended up throwing. I can't remember the order of events. Rogue either threw Nebula into someone today's Nebula or threw someone into Nebula today's. Or I don't remember what it was, but it was. Good times were had by all. It was it and just, I hucking trash cans and cars and yeah, giant buildings. And then Angela was there and she like threw a garbage truck at Juggernaut. So that was fun. It was awesome. It's like what other game has interactive terrain like that? Yeah, it's just nothing. so I threw Juggernaut. I threw you. Aha. You are like the unstoppable Juggernaut. But not here. Not well, this Hulk, man. I, I really stop. wish this he was, was still moving. You were just telling him which way to go. That's all. I really wish this was a vodcast tonight. I know. We're getting animated. It's exciting. Because Jason is extremely animated. No. Um, yeah, so so that's what I've been up to. Um, I'm excited. We have another. I think we'll get one more meetup in before Nova happens. Um, yep. You know, and uh, at some point I need to play some Age of Sigmar. Maybe. Well, the group is very active in Age of Sigmar, so maybe you should schedule that. Yeah, I know. I could. Yeah. We have a bunch of people now that in the group that play uh, that, Age of Sigmar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We should do that. Anyway, so I think that's everything that we've got going on. Nova is three weeks away? Yep. That's that's scary. Yep. So, Cool. Well, uh, I guess that's it. We'll we'll uh, we'll wrap up the intro here, uh, and when we take a we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Hexbane's hunters. And we're back after a minor diversion during the break to talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol. We are back to talk about Hexbane hunters' rivals deck and shed some light in the Nether Maze. Bring all the hunters. So this is a six-fighter warband that is really the epitome of glass cannon. There is so much to unpack in, in these fighters. We're not going to do it justice verbally, so try to stay with us because there is just a lot of nuance, but the models are freaking amazing. Like a guy with a pistol and a torch and a, a big dude with armor and this big axe. And then another guy with a, the man with a mask mask on. And he's got a just a, just a bow and arrow with a bomb on it. A bow and arrow with a bomb. It's not a bow and arrow. It's a crossbow. Oh, even better. And then you got this other lady that's got a three barrel gun. Oh, my. Like, what is going on? And then the 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 chef's kiss. Not one. This wonderful warband is not one. But two. But two. Boil companions that are Mastiff dogs. I love the Mastiffs. My family has had Mastiffs. I just, oh, just tugs at all my heartstrings. I love this warband. So, again, six fighter warband. It does have two beasts, and that that's where we'll start. So they have Rat Spike. And Grot Bite Biter, right? Grot Can't. Biters. Yeah. Yep. Grot Biter. Grot Biter uh, and Rat Spike. Both companions of Quiet Pock. 
Um, their movement four, one dodge, two wounds, and two wounds are kind of the theme of this warband. Um, and they, you know, uninspired, they have a range one, two fury, one damage attack. Um, but really where you can start to utilize them is if a friendly, loyal hunter makes a move action, this loyal hound can react and move as well. So the, the, there's really some um, action economy. So it says reaction, use this after a friendly hunter's move action. This fighter makes one move action. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but I don't see a condition where they could not have multiple move counters. Nope. That's uh, correct. Yeah. So it's it's a declared specific action. So, I mean, it's just like the dance macabre. They make um, a move action regardless of whatever other tokens they have. So they could even charge and then still react and make this move action. Hmm. Some, some really good... Um, action economy here, right? They're basically like, like free supports, and then if you need them to, they can take a bite out of crime. Oh no! Come on now, McGruff hey. was—I'm pretty sure he was a mastiff, but whatever. He was. He was. <laughs> God, just... I think he was a hound dog. Come on, he was a drug dog. Yeah, no, I think he was a mastiff. It, it's okay. better. It's more fitting. Okay. Put McGruff as the. Put McGruff we'll, as the tile for the episode, please. We'll, we'll pretend that McGruff was a mastiff. Or it could just be, you could paint this guy red and have Clifford the big red dog. I mean, one or the cool. other. Like he it. was totally a bloodhound, by the way. Yeah. Or, or you could just put a jersey on him, call him Hercules. <laughs> and then look, you got squints. And yep. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic. Smalls and smalls. Yep. You got them all. Uh, anyway, I'm way off topic. I love it. <laughs> so the the dogs inspire uh, when a friendly other dog is out of action or a quiet pock is out of action. So they are all kind of linked together. The other nice thing about the the hounds is is the first one that is taken out of action by an enemy does not give up a glory. Pretty good. It's pretty pretty sound. It's usually. Um, the, the two wound one dodge little beasties are ripe for glory farming. Um, I just don't remember where I read that. So, what the this fighter has no bounty unless a friendly grot biter is out of action. There you go. Right or there. this fighter has no bounty unless a friendly rat spike is out of action. So Got it. Verbiage is on the other named dog's fighter card. Card. Yeah. Yep. Just you know when you have it like zoomed out, can't really see that stuff. Um, and then Quiet Pock, we'll go to him next because he is their their loyal companion. Um, Quiet Pock is a hunter. He is range, I'm sorry, move three. And that's really the only downfall of the of this um, uh, warband other than the two wounds is that the, the move three can be very limiting. But don't worry, they make up with it in weapons. So he's move three. He has two block just to start, which is a fantastic defense roll. Two wounds, so he is a little fragile on the wounds. Uh, and then he has the crossbow de launcher that uninspired has range three, two hammers for two damage, knock back one, and then a wonderful thing called reload, which means that you can 
only make this attack action once per round. So very similar to uh, the Stormcast, um, Storm of Celestis, right? Yep. So, yeah. um, so he has uh, Path to Victory, which we'll get to when we get to the leader, as well as a melee attack where he's going to hit you with the stock of that crossbow for two fury, one damage. Uh, again, he inspires when one of the doggos is out of action on his inspired side. He stays move three, two block, two health, but his launcher crossbow degrader, degrade, no, that didn't make, uh, the the boom boom the boom boom stick three three way for three hammers two damage um and then i'm pretty sure knockback two still has reload and then his melee goes to two hammers still one damage so pretty uh pretty good opening salvo there from the those three fighters then we can move to the the big brute so amos Dune Caro, Caro, Caro. I'd probably say Dune Caro. Dune No, it's Dune. I like Dune better. Okay. It looks like a Harkonnen. It just reminds me of Dune. So three move, one block, three health. So a little bit better here. Um, he has one a range one, uh, two hammer, two damage attack. So a pretty standard attack. He once again have this the path to victory. He is a brawler. And he's a hunter. Um, he but he has reassuring presence. So he's just, you know, just he's just there. He's just big for boating. So when he is within two hexes of another friendly friendly hunter, and that hunter is attacked, um, that attack like he gets they get supports from him within two. So he can really boost some defensive capabilities on the warband when he inspires and he inspires if the enemy takes a stab at his fearless leader and haskell so um if haskell is attacked he inspires and he gets cleave and three hammers on his attack keeps everything else but three hammers on a two damage attack with cleave mighty mighty good um and then we'll go to bridget next bridget also a hunter Move three. She is on one dodge, so she's probably one of the most frail hunters that you have in the warband. She inspires when your leader Haskell inspires, so she also has probably the hardest inspire condition. And if you lose your leader, too bad, so sad for Miss Bridget. Um, But she has a melee attack, range one, three fury, two damage, so very reputable melee attack with her beautiful axe there and then her her awesome volley pistol range three two hammers one damage you're like oh that's nothing but this is a volley pistol it's a hand cannon so you can react the first time this attack action uh is made in each round if this fighter is adjacent when making that attack action you can pick one Given an additional dice, so three dice, one damage, or add two damage to the hand cannon. So two hammers for three damage if she's blasting you in the face. In the face! So then when she inspires, again, off of Haskell, if he's out of, uh, if he's inspired, her, she gains scything on her melee attack. 
So three hammers, two damage with scything, very useful. And then she continues to have the volley attack with the same option to add dice or damage, but now it gains cleave and she gains a defense dice. So she goes to two dodge. And then our fearless leader, Hexbane himself. He's a hunter. He is a leader. Move three, one block. So not too bad. Three wounds, which in rivals, three wounds is not that, not too shabby. He has a range three, three fury um, pistol with one damage in Grievous. So that is great, wonderful. I like it. He does not have a melee on his um, uninspired side. He inspires when he takes an enemy fighter out of action. And that's going to be a little bit hard to do. Hopefully we're rolling a lot of crits. Um, when he does inspire, he goes. He stays the same. Three move, one block, three wounds. He His uh, pistols and lose the Grievous, but they be, now become a flat two damage, which is really good. And then he gains a melee attack. So he's going to you know, swing that torch around. He's on two hammers, two damage with Grievous. So he becomes pretty, pretty good fighter at this point. All that is good and great, but here's really where like the Warband kind of gets a new its nuance and becomes Glass Hammers. So every single one of the Hunters, so Hexbane, um, Amos, Pock, and Bridget all have Price of Victory. And this reads, reaction, use this after a friendly hunter has dealt damage that would take them out of action. After the out of action check, give this fighter one upgrade from your hand or remove one charge or move token from the fighter. Do not spend any glory points when you play this. That is one of the most powerful reactions that we've seen to date. So not only are some of my fighters inspiring off of other people fighter like deaths but now if i lose whatever if i lose quiet pock i can put an upgrade on a hexbane for free if i lose quiet pock and ms is already charged i can remove that charge token and charge again or maybe i have to reposition so i've moved now i can remove that that move token and charge it is like it is so great. Yes, your fighters are squishy. So you this rewards you for losing fighters. And that's where the nuance in glass cannon come into this warband. And it's the thing that you're going to have to practice and get used to the most. Again, it's only on hunters. So the dog, losing a dog does not trigger the price of victory. But it's, it's awesome. Gentlemen, what do you think of the victory? I think it's costly, but worth the price. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I agree. I think it's probably one of the most powerful like warband wide abilities that we've seen. Just because it changes the board state so drastically. Like you kill a fighter and suddenly that dude that had already charged is now right for the picking to charge again. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really like being able to remove a charge token is a big deal. Yeah, of of those things, like you know, being able to add upgrade is awesome. Um, but I think the real jewel there is you can charge and then charge again if somebody gets domed. Which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, so but because 
we know we've played this game so long that you know once a fighter is charged you kind of forget about them right like right. it's like oh i can attack them in my last activation not so much here if you go after another fighter that fighter can you know charge yeah. again yeah yeah so now you're you're torn like do i try to take out the fighter that's already charged but then that just leaves you vulnerable to fighters that haven't activated yet but then if you go for the unactivated fighter then it's like yeah it's exactly what you said now i'm making myself vulnerable to this fighter that's potentially in my territory or like right in my grill i think yeah. it's just safe to say that like no matter what you do you don't have a good option when you're chart when you're targeting somebody in, in warman yeah so like you just need to understand that um you're you're always threatened it's not a like it's not a scenario where you can kill a fighter and be like okay there's no more activations i'm good like you're always threatened so just be aware of that yeah like you want to attack my leader and take him out of action that's okay this guy's gonna inspire he's gonna get a free upgrade and he's gonna smack you with his wood cutter <laughs> it's gonna take you to the woodshed yeah well, great so i know that we're not doing that justice and i just want to re-emphasize like you will have to play, and this is a very Swiss Army Knife warband. You have to understand what you're doing with certain fighters, who you're risking, what happens if they don't take your bait and attack whoever you want them to attack. What are you? What are your options after that? So this warband has a lot of nuance, but it can it can really hit hard, right? And yeah. it, it rewards you for losing a fighter. And when you have four two wound fighters. It, you kind of, it's kind of nice, right? So that's the warband objectives. Trace, we've got so this you know just for um, transparency things. So there's you know twelve object objectives. No surprise there, right? But there's only four surges in this mm -hmm. rivals deck. Mm -hmm. Are they good? And what are we going for turn one? So uh, the one that immediately jumps to mind is due process. Um, and due process is a surge hybrid, and it says score this immediately after your warband makes it, it makes a fourth or subsequent attack action in the same round, or after the second or subsequent a successful attack action made by your warband in the same round. So we've just talked about, and this is kind of just looping in back to what we just talked about with the fighter cards. Um, you are going to be able to attack a lot <laughs> with these guys either through your own um, means or somebody killing somebody else, and then you get to attack with that same person again. Um, that, you know, I think it's a really solid card. The, the, it's one of the best surges that I think we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, you just take four actions and attack, or you, <laughs> or you have the success, second successful attack action. So two successful or four just attacks. Um, there, there used to be a card called Keep Chopping that we used to all love. Yeah. And it was four attack actions. Well, this one's even better. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, this is pretty good. Just wish there was some flavor text on there that said like I am the law or something. Yeah, like that, that. Yeah. that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Very, very good surge. Very well written. You will see this even. I think you take this surge no matter what format you're playing. Yeah, you're no. taking this one championship, rivals plus rivals. Like you have to take it rivals, but um, yeah. 
It's definitely making it into your surge deck too, or into right. your championship deck. All right, so we've mulliganed, we got due process. What else are we hoping for, Jared? Yeah, so we'll dig into this, and this is going to come up a lot. I think that you kind of have to have a plan based on your opponent. So a lot of the other warbands that we've covered, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're facing. Um, you know, your objective deck, the the objectives that you're looking for are largely the same, and because of the way this warband plays with the utility that is baked into them, that actually changes. So for the next objective that we want to pick, I've actually picked two depending on the situation. We, we've picked two, so we talked about this. So the, the first one is if you're facing a Horde Warband and there are a ton of two-wound fighters, then you want burn them out in your opening objective hand. Um, and it's a surge score this immediately after an enemy fighter on a starting hex in enemy territory is taken out of action. So, you know, you got a low-wound fighter, uh, you know, a high model warband with a bunch of low wound fighters. This one's going to be pretty straightforward. You've got reasonably accurate attacks. Um, with six fighters, you're going to be able to get close. Um, so that's going to be, I mean, pretty likely. But if you're facing an elite warband, then you probably want weapons of justice. And this is uh, a surge. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter is given their second or sub subsequent upgrade in the same round or after a second or subsequent move or charge token is removed from a friendly fighter during the action phase. So second upgrade could be sh pretty straightforward. You can apply an upgrade for free if uh, you're somebody else in your warband dies, and that's going to be pretty likely turn one unless you're you know, fighting a, a not aggressive elite warband. Um, and that can be supplemented with gambits, as we'll, as we'll get into, um, or you know, removing... A second or subsequent move or charge token, you know, there are options there as well. So the same, the, the price of victory reaction lets you remove those. There are options in the gambit in, in the gambits for doing that as well. So Horde Warband, you're looking for burn them out. Elite Warband, you're looking for weapons of justice. And then what's the last thing? What do we what's the end phase that we want to see early as early as possible, Jason? Uncover the truth. Gosh, these names are so good. They are. They really are. So this is uh, end phase. Score this in end phase if there are two or more friendly fighters in enemy territory. Um, and this is probably like, so if I'm playing that horde warband, you know, that you just talked about, I'm probably choosing to go second. Um, you know, hopefully I win that roll off. Um, and I'm going to use the leverage the dogs on this bad boy. So score this in end phase if there are two more friendly fighters in enemy territory. And remember, I can move all my hunters around and the dogs can move and get into their territory. I want a dog to be taken out of action to inspire the other two. Let's get them over there. If I can get Quiet Pock or somebody else over there too and have three fighters just for insurance, great. But it's an awesome last activation move to pop across, use some range damage, get a shot in and score the glory, setting me up for turn two. Love it. Love it. Yep. Um, you know, the other card that I really, really like, and I always do this where we get, like, like totally sidetracked, but yep. it 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 plays so well into this warband, and that's lives well spent. Like, mm -hmm. you, yep. it kind of keeps you in the game, so the card, it's a duel. Score this in end phase. Two or more friendly fighters are out of action, and you have scored three or more objectives. So, if everything goes to plan, we score our two surges, we scored uncover truth, 
that sets this up like because I'm probably going to lose two hunters through the course of the game and I'm going to score two glory and it's not a third end phase score it's like just regular scored any end phase plus I love the corpse pile on the card which just really reminds me of Game of Thrones that's why I love this warband there's just things sprinkled in all over you just add in pure carnage to this deck and you're good to go no no way five total glory oh but that's that's a different format yeah remember only a life spent fighting evil is a life worth living that's that's (laughs) awesome (laughs) all right so on to the gambits and some of these names are just it just like by hook or crook um but anyway so uh jared what gambit do you want to support your opening hand? By order of the vault. Ooh, by so order. This is of the a vault. gambit. Choose a friendly fighter. Give the chosen fighter an upgrade from your hand. So we talked about weapons of justice. Uh, when you play this card, you can sp- spend one glory. If you do, draw one power card. So first, you can you can play an upgrade for free. But if you have the glory to spend, then you can play that upgrade, and then draw a power card. So uh yeah like keying into the objectives that you want because they're objectives for having fighters with upgrades yeah so being able to play an objective play an upgrade without any glory early on like you could do this you know you let your opponent go first you play this you throw an upgrade onto a fighter that like you don't have any seed glory yet you can still go in and do some work yeah Mm -hmm. i like it a lot that swiss army knife right and yeah and as the Godsworn player, I'm just like, why don't I have a card like that? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, second gambit, Trace, what else would we like to see? You stand accused. Um, so you stand That's, accused is I need, I need a, a soundbite of that so I can just play that every time I play the card. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually like a marked for death card, which is really cool. Um, this this card is a it's just a regular gambit ploy choose one enemy fighter plus one dice to attack actions made by friendly fighters that target the chosen fighter this effect persists until the fighter is out of action or (laughs) ends an activation in your territory so there's ways you can turn it off but getting flat plus one dice to every attack that's made against that fighter i mean if you look at your if you look at haskell hexbane like one of his the whole deals is to try and kill a fighter so he could just shoot 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 with four dice and grievous like he's going to probably get a crit in there a couple times so like i think it just plays really well into the very um aggressive nature of the of the actual fighters and their attack profiles it's awesome it's really really good um yeah it's 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 a great great card um, great opening hand gives you the dice at any range against that fighter. And it also kind of like challenges them, right? Like one of the keys that we're trying to overcome with this warband is we only have three movement. Well, now I'm like, if you just stand right there, yep. I'm just going to keep shooting you with Haskell. Like it's just, mm-hmm. here it comes. I'm going to get grievous. I'm going to start doing some damage. Yep. You know, come, come attack me. Like, come on, come on. And now the rest of the warband can just swarm that, that enemy and say, Get off my lawn. All right, Jared, do you want to do number three? Well, you didn't get to do one. It's okay. I'm passing. Okay. I, okay. I take the All official right. pass action. Well, for the order, 
I will take the next gambit, which is for the order. So this is a reaction gambit. Play this in your power step after a friendly fighter is given a friendly hunter is given an upgrade. Remove all move and charge tokens from that hunter. So you could play a gambit. So so now let's go back to by the order of the vault, right? So now you charge without anything. People start ignoring that fighter. Then in your next power step, you play by order of the vault. You give them an upgrade. Maybe you have glory. You spend it. You get to draw another card. And then you play for the order. So now you've given them an upgrade. And you've removed their move and charge tokens. So, yeah. It's pretty good. And, like, it also, like, these this combo, this Wombo combo in a Rivals deck, oh, my goodness, allows you to overcome once the move limitation. And you have, so you have Pock and you have Bridget that, have these range attacks but they always can't leverage the full capacity of them pot can only do it once bridget you want to do it the first time the best time right so now you can send them in get them loaded up and oh maybe they can make another charge action to uh to like get full leverage of what they're doing or in pox case he's just attacking with his melee attack um so for the order it is I'd be remiss if I don't point out, like, lead the crusade because we don't often see these type of cards um, anymore. Yeah. So this is reaction. Play this after the out-of-action check for a friendly hunter's attack action. If the target was taken out of action, choose one friendly, friendly hunter, inspire that hunter, and draw one power card. <laughs> so good. So, it's like, so yes, I have to take someone out of action. Right, like so, if my hunter is killing an enemy, taking them out of action. Now I can inspire, and if you if you do this with do this the best way, you'll inspire uh, Hexbane, and then that'll inspire Bridget. Yep. Yep. So, oh, and I but it gives you, a, but it also gives you a way to inspire Bridget if your leader's out of action too. Correct. So that's. Really, really good. Seems right. pretty strong. Seems good. So we're through the gambits. Now I'm need to pick some upgrades, um, mm. and these are really important in our opening hand because if I lose a hunter, I'm gonna get one for free. We have gambits that put them on for free. But I will say, out of all the the warbands in Underworlds, this deck has the most restricted upgrades that I think we've seen. It has seven. Fighter restricted upgrades. Now, some of that may be just restricted to Hunter, which means the dogs don't get it. But there are a lot of named upgrades. Like there's one that goes just on your leader. There's another one that goes on Pock. There's another one that can go on Bridget or um, Hexbane. There's a, another one that can go Amos just on too. Amos as well. So th the upgrades become part of the utility. So what would we love to see opening hand turn one, Jared? What what are you looking for? Hopefully you're lucky to get it. Yeah, so uh, I want the Charmed Horseshoe. So this is plus one dice to this fighter's attack actions. So no restriction on the range of those attack actions. So you can give it to Hexbane to try to kick off his Grievous. You can give it to to Pock so that you're... you're uh, explosive grenade crossbow is more accurate um and it also grants ensnare so 
the dodge prevalence uh, that exists, uh, you're going to be able to get around. So I think, you know, this is probably one of the best plus one dice cards in the game in that it applies to all ranged attack, like all ranges of attack actions, but then to also grant ensnare is really good. Uh, it's like I've got a horseshoe just wedged right up there. Yeah. Man, it's a really good, really good lucky charm. So <laughs> Trace, what else is really good? Oh my God, they're all good. They're all so they're all re- they're all restrictive. But I'll say this: they're some of the most robust upgrades in the game. Like almost all of them have multiple layers of stuff that they can do. Like this next one we're going to talk about. I dug into my pack before I left on my crusade to kill some witches and burn them all, and I got out my lucky hexbeak foot, and it is plus <laughs> one defense. And I cannot be dealt damage by lethals or gambits. What? That's two separate upgrades in any other, like, yeah. plus one plus one defense um, was just a flat card that we talked about with the, the rats a couple weeks ago. It only had plus one defense. And then there's other cards that just say you cannot be targeted by, by lethal uh, or by uh, dealt, dealt damage by lethals or gambits. <laughs> like... And this is on one card and no restrictions. You just put it on a dude, plus one defense. I yep. don't care about your gambits. I don't care about those lethals. I'm going to charge through the fire because there's fire all over these Warband art cards, by the way. So they, they really do not give an F about the fire. Yeah, so they fire. will run straight through it and murder you. Yeah. It's almost like they were raised by dragons. Um, the beautiful thing about this card, and you know, some of the listeners go, but lethals aren't everywhere. Right, because in previous seasons, lethals were that 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 season's gloom. Right, so cover X's are everywhere now. Lethals are not as prevalent, but what this upgrade can do, because you're a six fighter warband, if you have this upgrade, you're able to position a fighter or take a board that has a lethal that gives you better positioning and not worrying about that fighter being driven into that lethal hex. Yep. So. Awesome. All right, Jared, taking the pass action again. What's the third and final upgrade that you want in your opening hand? Yeah, so uh, it's another defensive upgrade. This is the protective brand. So uh, a little um, masochism, flagellation happening here uh, with this warband. So they have branded themselves uh, with some protective wards. You could reroll one dice in this fighter's defense rolls. Uh, which is pretty good on most of the fighters because um, they, you know, end up on two, two dice anyway. Uh, but the kicker <laughs> being good. the target of this fighter's attack actions cannot have supporting fighters, and attackers that target this fighter cannot have supporting fighters. This card cannot be broken. So when you are targeting somebody, they don't provide any support to the enemy fighter, and then if you are being targeted, no other fighters provide support. So, like, sucks to suck if you're the cunning crew. You're right. <laughs> yeah, or... Again, the theme the theme continues. This These used to be two separate upgrades. This yeah. is one upgrade. <laughs> no. But I think it fits because they are, I mean, they are glass cannons, right? Like, your dice are not going to yeah. work for you every time. And so, like, they have to be good. I, I'm curious, because I didn't think about this. Would this block 
Cut and crew inspire. Probably. Yeah. Because it says the target cannot have supporting fighters, and then attackers cannot have supporting fighters. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that would be infuriating. I mean, it doesn't. It. I mean, stars align, right? Like that you get this upgrade out, that you get it on early. But still, it's only it's only one fighter that has it, right? Right. Right. The other thing that it really brings into check, and that's why I love this warband, is like it's it's like designed to go after death warbands and like the exiled dead become so efficient at attacking when you are surrounded and this is just like you know i'm good like bridget with scything just standing there on like inspired with two dodge and saying you don't get supports my friends (laughs) that's crazy good you know (laughs) it's just i i love it and then um, I'm, if I have that, I'm putting on cold iron nails on Bridget as I'm standing in the middle of your zombie troop, scything away, and cold iron nails says each time this uh, fighter's range one attack action takes a target out of action, pick one, gain one glory point, or the target can't be raised. Place the, the, um, place the affected target's fighter card to one side to uh, remind both players. Just you want to know what? You're not coming back, Dantelos. I'm really sorry. Or, or mm. I'm just gonna continue to glory farm all of your zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's ridiculously good. And you know, <laughs> and again, these are best case scenarios, and I get it. They're glass cannon. You're gonna lose fighters. We need the right cards, but it's just really cool. Like you have these gambits that are giving you additional draw like so i'm drawing cards into my hand and if i do lose a fighter i can apply these upgrades or make another attack action with someone it just it's so it has my mind melting and i love it and i want more of it and jared's showing me the retractable pistol where i'm just going to shoot what am I going to do with the retractable pistol? Yeah, so I can't I can't not bring this one up. So this is an upgrade for Haskell, Hexbane, or Bridget Axwold. Uh, it is a range four, three fury, one damage attack with the surprise characteristic. So surprise is a reaction. Use this after an enemy fighter's move action. This fighter makes this attack action. It must target that enemy fighter and cannot drive the target back. So a reaction attack at range four. I mean... It's only one damage, and it will only ever be one damage because this attack action's characteristics cannot be modified. Um, and it's not going to, like, block a charge, right? Like, you can't drive back from it. But still, like, to be able to get an extra ping of damage off during your opponent's activation is pretty good. I think what I like about all these cards is something that we were just talking about in the intro, which was, you know... Marvel Crisis Protocol has this thing where you you're basically playing moments, right? So the, what they've found in these cards and what I think is really cool is that you you can set up moments like that, right? So like the one that J- Jason just talked about where Bridget is fighting back the horde of zombies or the horde of skeletons and she's just doming them all with the iron nails in the forehead or whatever. Like that's a really cool thematic scenario and it may not come up every time, but when that does happen, you're going to be like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
I think that that's one of the reasons why Jason is also j- so jazzed is because he's playing through his theater of the mind right now of these different scenarios that he just wants to see. Yeah. Um, I do like it. Like it's awesome. Like, and that's what I just, Oh my Lord. So I have, I have that. I have the retractable pistol on you. Dantelo stands forward. I react, shoot you from four away after the move. Right. Oh wait, you, you, I can't no, react. You Never can't mind. react during Whatever. the dance. I can't. Damn it. But, but if a uh, if, so, if someone but regulus regulus charges somebody else, yeah. or the harvester comes in and charges somebody that's within four of Haskell, who's got the retractable pistol on, like yes, right. Anyone else? Anyone else comes in? A two wound Some, fighter. Just just stay yeah. with me here. Or somebody so, used partial resurrection to bring somebody back, right? And then you use it. Yeah. Um. So you come in. You I retractable pistol you. It's in your turn. Surprise! I'm shooting you. I'm yeah. doing one damage. Not a big deal, right? Nah, whatever. One damage. Okay, fine. Whatever. Here it comes. Because then the next power step in your power step, I get to go first to play a card, and I'm gonna play making a point. Choose a friendly uh, Amos Bridger Haskell. The chosen fighter makes one of the following attack actions: range three, two fury, one damage. Oh wow! Yay, Jason. Great. No, it's got finisher. So here's your two wound fighter, and I'm gonna get a plus one dice, and I'm gonna get cleave. So screw your zombie. I'm coming through that one shield. Done. You're done, son. And I'm getting a glory. I wish everybody could just see in like the I power set. See, I could see the wheels just going in Jason's head. Right I think now. I think this is probably one of the most strongly themed war bands. I agree. If they continue on this trend, I think you're going to see a lot of folks really enjoy playing like rivals and rivals plus with, with folks like this. Cause I think yeah. it just really leans into that theme. Are we not going to talk about no. woodcutter strength? Yeah, we talked about everything else. No, woodcutter right. strength. Take, take me through it. Cause it is my, Oh my Lord. The, my, this will be my car trace. This the, is it. This is my glory. No, this is a corn card in the wrong warband is what this is. <laughs> um, so this this is an upgrade, and it's only for Amos, and it is plus one damage to this fighter's range one attack actions for each success or critical success in the attack roll. Let me read that again for those in the back. <laughs> plus one damage to this fighter's Range one attack actions for each success or critical success in the attack roll. You roll flush on this thing. And you're talking like up to like eight damage, depending on how many dice you're rolling. It's nuts. Like if you've got the plus one dice from you stand accused. And then. uh, So maybe seven. Right, so it's like three on his card when he's inspired. Three on his card when he's inspired, plus one die. Yeah. So you're yeah, looking yeah. at eight. You're looking at eight damage. Or no, no. Yeah. Six, six damage. Six yeah, damage. Yeah. But still, that's one dead ogre, and yeah. it's aptly got the ogre on the card. Yeah. Like that's awesome. What the heck. That's beautiful. It's so it's so much fun. I in the beauty of woodcutter strength, it's great in rivals. I hope someone takes out a big fighter. 
We know that there's not a lot of damage in Rivals, but the beauty of this card is it is not Grievous, so I can stack Grievous on this. Yeah. I can stack uh, Martyrs. Um, I was going to say, you just put Martyrs Fervor on there. Fervor on me. there, right? <laughs> like, I can just... I can stack other damage on top of it. I love crits. I ho- everyone knows I love, like, Grievous. This is Grievous on... It's a better Grievous. It's amazing. It's way better. And, and just, it doesn't even say hammers and crits. It's successes. No, it so if you've got successes. supports... Yeah. Wait, so my good. dogs can give me more damage? Tell Sold. me more. Sold. Tell me more. I'll buy seven right now. <laughs> and then the... Slamming like, the credit card on the counter. And so, so Jason mentions Martyr's Fervor, which is, is basically a... Um, Oh, what's the card? I said it before we started recording. Glory Seeker. Glory Seeker. Glory Seeker, but it's for range one and range two attacks. So now you've got plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions that target a fighter with a wounds characteristic of four or more. Okay. You could kill Molog in one round of combat. That's true. Coming for all enough Molog. successes. Got you. On his one shield. Yep. <laughs> who who cares? I mean, he's got cleave. Who cares? Yeah, oh. that's right. It's got Enjoy cleave. your crit. If you so can I'm, crit one time, it doesn't matter because I'm gonna beat you <laughs> with the number of success. Got it. Like, it just like again, yeah. damage is hard to come by. So you have Amos that rewards good dice rolls. We know how that goes. But to Jared's point, like I can be supported by a dog. That yeah. can be awesome. You can um, be supported by two dogs. Yeah. Because he's a hunter. Oh no, mm-hmm. you only one only one reaction. You only get one window. Only one of them can react to the window. Yeah, but if you're playing this in a rivals deck and you've got no. a push, if you've I don't got think a push they have push any pushes. A rivals I'm not plus deck. About them. I'm talking about a rivals plus deck. Yeah. 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 You put a push in there from somewhere if you've got yeah. one. Either the you push the target towards you or you push the dog towards them. Yep. And then you move. You charge. The dog reacts to come in. Yep. You've got double supports and you're yep. just rolling your royal flush and watching something die. It's crazy. Seems, seems pretty good. Crazy good. All right, Jason. What boards do we want before we go through the entire power deck? I I I love it. I love it. Um, so boards. Um, oh, what was the name of the board that we were we were playing with there? Um, Min here's a binding. There you go. Sure. So really, what I what I would like to do on deployment is leverage that i have range fighters so being at the back of the board is not terrible but i want to find a centrally located um starting hex that's kind of mid board that gives me access to other starting hexes that are within one or two away from them so when i deploy i can make sure that i'm maximizing my defense with amos in the center providing those additional supports to all my other hunters I probably push a dog really close to no man's land baiting for that dog to go away so I can inspire Pock and the other dog. Um, and if they don't take that bait, that's okay. Cause I'm one step closer to getting into your territory. Right. Um, I probably hold Bridget back, but your plan could be completely different. And that's the beauty of this. Like you could, you could bait Bridget because she can do the three damage. Right. And like kind of get then soup up somebody else with the upgrades. Um, but yeah, the way I'm going is Amos, then quiet Pac is kind of towards the front line, but making sure I get those supports. Cause nothing like, 
nothing like standing on a gloom if I can get there with two two uh, shields and an additional support. The only thing I'm failing on is his uh, dodges, right? Um, and then Haskell could be the other. He could be the other really push piece. So there are some great upgrades from him late game once he's inspired. He can be a real beast, but him getting attacked early allows Amos to get inspired. So you have some uh, some options, but the board I want centrally located so I can really maximize the defense. Sweet. Okay. So, Jared, play style? Yeah, so we've mentioned the glass cannon, um, which means... For anyone that isn't familiar with that phrase, means that there is a high potential to do a lot of damage, but they are not very resilient. Um, so they're they're going to hit hard, but they're going to die quickly if you're not careful. So part of your game plan is going to revolve around some of your fighters dying. So you need to work on your positioning to make sure that they are dying uh, in the right order. So as as much as you can control that. Mm. So cool, very cool. So we have all that. We have boards. We have what we're looking for in our hand. We've gone through the glass cannon. Trace, how are you dismantling Hexbane Hunters? What? How are you playing against them? Um, it's it's kind of like a it's a little bit more of a math problem for you because you have to really kind of be surgical in how you take these guys out. There's a certain order that you probably want to try and approach them in. Um, probably Bridget first. So if you're talking about just trying to kill them in a certain sequence bridget and then amos would probably be the first two you want to go after and then pock after that um and you want to save haskell till the end because you don't want to inspire amos because he will come in and wreck your face um and know that like if you save the dogs and then pock dies they're going to be harder to take out and they um the, the first one you kill doesn't take a, like you don't get any glory for it so there's i guess the best way to say this is no matter what poison you choose you're going to have some struggles along the way but i think bridget and amos are the first that you probably should get rid yeah. of just because of their utility and the fact that amos can just wreck you if he gets the right upgrade yeah um yeah bridget being the the one source of of innate 3 damage makes her yeah. a prime target to be yeah. the first target to go to first yeah. one to go down yeah albeit you have to be adjacent so like the thing yeah. to remember with her card is that like while she has that on her card you have to be adjacent to get that option so yeah. she can still plink you from three hexes away with the pistol but when she gets on top of you she has a three damage attack in the pipe ready to go yeah so as long as it's the first time she's attacking with that volley correct yeah. this round yeah, yeah. Yep. so some really, really cool stuff there. A lot to be said, a lot to digest. So that brings us to the new player rating. Um, and this is going to hurt my heart and soul to say this, gentlemen. But we're going to give it a bronze. And the reason for the bronze is because this is a new player rating. So we're approaching this from rivals. They see this wonderful warband. They pick up the, the, the warband box. And now they're trying to learn to play underworlds and this is not a very friendly new player warband this is a warband that you're going to want to time spend time with because it really is matchup dependent and 
card dependent, right? Like everything that you lay out on the board and every activation that you're taking is trying to achieve these objectives and you're going to need time to play through that, especially in rivals. Um, you know, just to list it all off is why a new player may struggle. There's various inspire conditions on almost every single one of these fighter cards. There's low wound count. So almost any other warband can single shot almost all of your, your fighters. There's only four surges, which means that you have to play the long game and work and build those end objectives. Um, but it really is an excellent warband, and they have every tool they need to be successful. It's just going to take a lot of practice and really playing those matchups. So stamp it with the bronze. I'm sorry. In my book, they're platinum. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Um, so that brings us to Rivals Plus, and we didn't kind of go through the show notes. Um, so, Jared, if you're playing this Warband in Rivals Plus, where do you think you're going? Like, what deck are you selecting to build with them? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that it's hard not to say Essentials. Um, okay, okay. I mean, we, so we, say Essentials we, then. So, so we've talked about Essentials before, and the Surges are not great. Um but, you know, Branching Fate is in there, and that's a good one for them. They have several options for three dice attacks. Yep. Um, you know, but but I'm, I'm thinking about, I mean, even for them, maybe even, like, great speed makes sense. So you can get the dogs to move five or one of the other fighters to move four. You've got great strength in there. You've got Glory Seeker. You've got Fighter's Ferocity. So it's really going to, like, I mean, you put Glory Seeker, great strength, and Fighter's Ferocity on one of the dogs, and suddenly, boom, they're doing four damage or... Um, you've got the built-in, they're in faction glory seekers. So, so that one's tough, right? Like it's hard not to say essentials, but. So there, and, but there's some other cards in the essentials. So the struggle I have with essentials is branching fate is the only surge I like. Strong start is the only other one that maybe, but it, that's a stretch. Right. The other objective is to th- trace mention and throw in pure carnage. Right. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it's. That's so good. <laughs> Which is really good because that's five glory for you dying and killing people, and it's all fun and great. Right. Upgrades are the the wheelhouse for essentials. Like I'm getting yeah. these free wheel these free upgrades of glory seeker, fighter's ferocity, great fortitude, great speed, and great strength. My, I'm cooking with gas. But in the gambit part, yeah. The only thing that I'm like really, really jazzed about is inspired attack, sidestep. Like, yeah, I, I don't like inspired tech is great. A side Mighty swing. Great. Okay. But do, do I like, do I want to build my warband around Wendy swing? Maybe. Yeah. But I don't have a lot yeah. of really good other than the, the woodcutter. I don't have a lot. So it, it starts to lose, lose, but I'm not, I'm saying like essentials is a staple of rivals. Plus yeah. you'll be fine so, if you build with it. So that said, we talked about this on the last episode. I uh, I think I kind of like sudden revelation. I mean, not so. I like sudden. I like uh, vain glorious raiders. Why? I, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with yeah. you, and I think this is it. So, so let's bring it home. So sudden revelation, right? You have enough fighters to move around, and, uh, and the, dog, the yep. dogs get free move Boom. whenever somebody else moves. So that's easy enough, right? Um, you know, contest of equals. It's a great surge. You've got 
lots of opportunities for like your own fighters on your extra defense to roll like the one crit to block the success, whatever the case is. Um, I mean, in cold blood, your fighters are either going to be alive and kill somebody or they're going to be dead. Right. right. Like with the low wound count, it's not likely. Um, yes. Uh, but the, I mean, there it is. I'm looking at it right now. Lost leader. <laughs> so to glory, we talked about this card. It's not the best, but. You know, if your leader's out of action, that means that Duncaro is inspired. So. Yeah. Yes. I think there's 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 a lot to love in here. Uh, I mean, fearless seekers. You've got fighters in enemy territory. And the thing with fighter with fearless seekers is you don't have to hold those, right? They just be yeah. have to be on yeah so on feature tokens, so the dogs fill that. Fallen Titan. We don't talk a lot about like that, but if there's a four wound fighter out there, you're gonna score that. Oh, that's true. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then, I mean, you know, you've got all the, you know, what what else is in here? Uh, elite Advance. Audacious Move. So plus two move to friendly fighters in the next activation step. So, like, you move somebody, right? Yeah, move so we're... Pac, and then all of the dogs get plus two move because that... You yeah. charge with Pac. So if you charge yeah, with Pac, Pac... Or charge with whomever. Whomever with a range three fighter, right? Yeah. Yep. They can make that. And now the dogs can move six. Yeah. Yeah. And then elite advances, you get two hunters in enemy territory, get guard tokens. Mm hmm. Yeah. You're giving yourself a push with shadow lure. Yeah. Right. Put, so that, yep. That can help. Sick them. Pushing the dogs around. Yeah. Rec reckless rush. The other thing, too, is like, I don't care if I'm taking a wound. I only have two wounds anyway. Yep. So now I'm doubling my move characteristic, going to six. Yep. And getting getting across. Yeah. Um, I I like that one. Step between the shadows helps with my move as well, so I can push into a, a gloom hex and then move across. Um, Penumbral Dirk, you throw that on Haskell and it gives him a, a melee attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either yep. yeah, like so the weapon upgrades can definitely help your lack of um on Pock or Haskell. So, and then you have Shadow Spear, which if yeah. you're on the cover hex, now becomes a very reliable damage dealer. Another um, defense. Mm -hmm. Another plus one defense. I actually think that the other deck that we reviewed in that same episode is not a bad option either. I'm just looking through it. You're talking about the two surge one? That's where it... That's where it, I'm, I'm talking about patient lurkers. Yeah, it doesn't only have it only has a couple surges in so it. It's like three surges. There's only a, yeah, but you only need a couple really. Yeah. So you got contest of equals, unequal contest, and lured in. Lured in is not. Yep. Throw it away. But yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just yep. saying like. Yep. But you have two pretty solid ones, and that's really all you need. Okay. Yeah. Other surges in your in your rivals deck are pretty good. So and then you've also got things like. Um, Abyssal Summoner. So if you're looking to really crank up Amos during attack actions made by this fighter, if this fighter is in a cover hex, this fighter is considered to have one additional supporting fighter. So there's your, you put that upgrade on him, you charge him in, the dog reacts. Now you've got double supports with your <laughs> Woodcutter's yeah. Axe. Mm -hmm. Dark Strength, just a 
plus one damage as long as you're targeting somebody in a cover hex. If you're in a cover hex or whatever. Cursed Cutlass to give you some extra glory because you're going to be bleeding some. I mean, I just think that there's... I think both of those most recently crafted decks can give you some options. Yeah. Um, I do like Vainglorious Raiders, though. But I was just looking for another option in case some folks don't necessarily like them. The bounty, oh, so the bounty, it doesn't give you an extra, it just means the bounty is spent. Yeah. This is like, could we like totally double down on Curse, Cutlass, and and uh, what you call it, and our plus one glory, but we can't. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, it, it, the Cursed Weapons, when you are taken out of action, your opponent gains, but no, you gain spent glory, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You are, you are right. Like you, you overcome. Like even those two surges will help that deck. That's really all they need is yeah. two more to kind of. And then, like if you look at Chum in the Waters, right? One or more enemy fighters are each on a feature token, and one or more of those fighters have one or more wound counters. If you talk about Haskell, like he's going to be plinking you, so you're yeah. like that's a two glory in phase there. I mean, there's some good ones in both of the decks, but um, like that. So there's options for you. Like if you go straight <laughs> essentials, you've got all the upgrades in the world you could ever want, um, and some decent surge. I mean, one decent surge, and then you've also got a three glory, everybody's dead card. Yeah. Yeah. See, both decks have live for the fight, which can really help you with Amos too, because it's a brawler. So it gives you plus mm-hmm. one dice, period. And then yep. if the brawler the brawler can make um, uh, each attack action they make, it's plus one dice instead. And then, but in the Raiders deck, they have Unfazed, which will give them an additional defense, defense dice. dice. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, but but you are one hundred percent like those two decks pair very well. Um, to the point where, yes, I'm not getting the damage that I need, like, but that's really all I'm, to me, that's all I'm going to get out of Essentials. Yeah. Is some really good utility gambits that are general purpose gambits, and then some really good upgrades where I think that the gambits in the other two decks allow you to round it out. They overcome some of the, the movement things that you're lacking. Um, if you want to lead well, into the dogs. You want to lean into the dogs well as well. The patient lurkers also has ferocious bites, so you get plus yeah. two dice to an attack action on the dog. Yes, <laughs> or just plus one to anyone. So right, yeah, super super flexible for this warband. There's also a draw mechanic in it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then you could just go the opposite way where the other one was lead from the front or lost leader was in the other deck, which is still in here. But you also isn't this the one where it's like you're leading from the back, lead from the rear. So yeah, yeah, you can lead from the lead from the rear and then bring them up and hopefully score a loss leader. Yeah, there's some definitely good good cards in here to play it out as well. Um, I just like that there's multiple options. So yeah, yeah, it's good design. Good job, GW. Good job. GG GG. GG, GG, and some great models and great thematic stuff to to kill all those pesky guard players and 
exile dead players and all that. Yeah. Uh, but with that, we're going to take a break. We're going to pause here so we can get a timestamp to come back and talk about this so teased universal card that's coming out. And we're back, and uh, that'll wrap up the show. So uh, we would like to thank everyone for joining and listening. Uh, if you would like to share our podcast with anyone, uh, you can do that with. We'll get there, Jason. I see your face. Don't worry about it. We got to do so the needfuls. <laughs> we got to do the needfuls. So uh, yeah, we're on we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is Battle Mallet One. Instagram is Battle Mallet Podcast. We're Battle Mallet Podcast. Uh, on facebook uh, we have a discord you can find the link to the discord in the show notes uh we're in there pretty regularly talking about hobby uh we've got some local gamers uh in our gaming community that that chat things up so we're not the only ones driving conversations there uh which is always exciting uh yeah and we're in basically every major podcast platform so just tell your friends um and uh yeah and we love feedback so hop in the discord comment on facebook uh if you've liked our episodes comment on our blog we have a blog There'll be a blog for this episode that'll come out. The link to it will also be in the show notes, uh, but it's just uh, blog.battle-mallet.com for that. So the needful's out of the way. Jason's got another note. Yeah, I want one more needful. Um, just a big shout out to McCrat uh, and Underworld's DB and Davey and Phil over on What the Hex, because it's without the preview of those of that podcast and you know getting this stuff up onto deckers that uh i'm sorry underworld's db onto the deck building um site that it allows us to be able to do this a little bit early before the the website comes out and you know and davy and phil have been putting out some great content over there they've given us a bunch of shout outs so if you're listening to this and you don't know about what the heck's what the heck is wrong with you get the hell out of here and go over there and listen to them uh they're they're a great time. So yeah. uh, with that, we want to talk about one championship card that'll come out in this set. And I love it being a Godsworn player. Um, I think it will provide me with great utility. But there's a little bit of controversy around here. Yeah. So my question to you is how is this card resolved? The card is Drifting Tides and it's a domain. So we don't haven't seen a lot of domains out there in this season. Uh, it's a ploy, and it says Drifting Tides, domain. Keyword reaction. Bolded. At the end of the action phase, pick one. Give a fighter one upgrade from your hand. Do not spend any glory points when you play that card. Or pick one objective token, then move that objective token into an adjacent hex. This effect persists until the end of the round or until another domain gambit is played. So the reason I love it is because I can get a free upgrade out right onto Godsworn. Great utility for any other warband out there. But also we've seen this rise of objective play. Granted, it doesn't affect Gloom, so there's still all those warbands that love to sit on Gloom but I can now move an objective token out from underneath my opposing player to stop some double supremacy builds that are out there. But we've seen other domains that are played more traditionally. 
my question is it says reaction it has this effect persist until the end of the round but the reaction is happening at the end of the action phase so trace when do i play this card uh that's well that's that's the question isn't it it is it's what are your thoughts on it i think that you are supposed to play it at the end of the action phase um i think that there is a one particular grammar choice word choice that is lacking in this card that is present in pretty much every other reaction card in the game you're right and it is the word play one word missing from this sentence makes it very ambiguous if it read reaction play at the end of the action phase there would be zero issues with this card i love it i think it's going to be awesome but alas <laughs> it is not clear so i i don't i don't know if jared has a different opinion on i this. disagree i think that the silence is deafening in that lack of play word i think that the lack of play makes it very clear when this card is played and i think it is played as any other gambit during your power step so you could play it at any point during your power step and because it's a domain card, it persists, and then you use the reaction after the card is in play. Mm. Mm. Because to your point, Trace, every other Gambit reaction that where the card is played as part of the reaction has play this card after the reaction keyword. This one does not. So without that, I think that the card is played during a power step. And then the reaction happens at the reaction window. So but you're saying it's not used as a reaction to an per- action in the turn. Correct. It is played just like you would play sidestep or center of attention or inspired attack or whatever. But the card effect does not take effect until the trigger is hit. And there Correct. are other cards in the game that are gambits that are played, but the action on the gambit that are there are gambits that are played that have reactions on them. Yeah, but you don't key the reaction until the trigger for that reaction happens. I agree with you that those cards no. exist. That that those cards exist. I'm I'm not. No, I agree no, with no. your stance, and I agree with my stance. Like, I think that you, it is definitely something that you play as a ploy. You can. I, the problem is, is that it's not clear either way. There's missing text either way. I d- because it I, is not clear to me if it's because any other reaction you play, right? Yep. There's there's usually it says reaction. And so you're you're automatically thinking I can use this in a window, right? Yep. Um, instead of using it as a traditional ploy. Um, I think that if it was I think if you play it that way, it needs to say something like play this card during your power step but do any other gambits say play this card during your power step there are no there they don't however all the reaction cards have very clear reaction windows though stormforge tactics does not say play this card during the gambit step so it does not it does not it is also an old card that has old verbiage okay fair fair 
That's fair. Like, that's pulling a relic out of the vault from the very first warband ever. <laughs> okay, um, so the, they always don't say play this after, right? So there are cards that say uh, reaction uh, after an enemy, enemy fighter's move action. So there, that is a something that happens in the turn mm-hmm. that you're playing the card to take effect after that that window. But the but reason every I do other... agree with you, Jared, though, is because it is a persisting ploy. Yeah, that's the only thing that keys to me that it is actually meant to be played in the power step is because it's a persisting ploy. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't. I don't agree with either of you because it literally says reaction so let me give you some other things here trap here's a trap you're a trap <clears throat> it's a illusionary ma- Allu- oh my lord why did i pick loser illusory, illusory maze what? maze yeah, yeah okay. right <clears throat> keyword we got trap trap reaction so that like because it says trap i should play this early but does it say <laughs> trap and then reaction does it say play this it says reaction after an enemy fighter's move action if that fighter has one or more illusion up- upgrades give that fighter one charge token oh my gosh have we been playing these cards wrong the whole time i but why like to my point is why is this even out there because the first like it's a keyword i get it it's a domain and i understand that the end text is persist until the end of the round but like it says it, the first word is reaction. Let me give you another one here. So cautious maneuver. The bold word says maneuver. So do I play that? And then I react during the thing like reaction, play this after like, right. Play this after is what clarifies it. But like that it is either missing play this after or play this before or something. But to me, it is, like the reaction keyword is right there, so it should be played at the reaction window, um, <clears throat> because there is. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, so did you, was the one that you just read, Jason, was poison traps. Is that right? No, it's a different one. It's a different one. So this is this this is another domain card that is that has the exact verbiage I'm talking about. Domain, you can make the following reaction. Reaction. Use this card after an enemy fighter's move action. So there's. Oh, the, so maybe that's the maybe that's the verbiage that's missing is domain. So you can make yeah, the you the can make the following reaction. reaction. So it's either using that. So if it's meant to be played in the power step, like Jared is saying, there's missing verbiage either way. Mm-hmm. It either needs to say play or it needs to say you can make the following reaction. Mm. Because then that reaction is defined, and it tells you when it happens. Because it says you can make the following reaction, and then it says when that's supposed to be used. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it also mm-hmm. has the same verbiage at the bottom, like all the domains do, which says yeah. this effect persists until the end of the round or another domain gambit is played. Yeah. Yeah, so I that's... think it's a typo, and it's missing text, and it needs to say you can make the following reaction. Okay. The domain so is here, played. I got yeah. it. So here's my rebuttal to that. Page 40 in the rulebook, reactions. Mm-hmm. or a gambit because so this is talking about like fighter cards upgrade cards or a gambit card is in your hand in a reaction step if a, the situation described on the card matches what is happening in the game so i'm reacting 
to the end of the action phase. Mm. As written, we are currently all right. As written. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. Like, there's no defined way for you to play it. Like, you can play it as a reaction at the end of the phase. You can play it as a as a domain card in the power step, like what's Jared saying. Like, there's nothing that's stopping you because the, the window is not defined. Talk to your TO. So, but yeah, and that's where, that's where the only thing, so this is the only little chink in my armor where I say it's reaction is what is that that's that statement again from the rule book it says a gambit card in your hand in a reaction, reaction step, step there is no defined reaction step for at the, the end, end of the action phase right. yeah there is a defined oh wait i may be wrong i might be right there it says action activation step ends there is a little reaction thing right there so after an activation step activation step begins action activation step ends yeah but but it's not phase it's not no, phase. and the action phase is the end of the power step correct so there currently is no is there an end of power step reaction window not that i could see nope uh Yes. The only one that I can think of is the... Boots. It would be after the... So there's a reaction step after a power step. So it's power step. It would be the the the, the last power step after the last activation in the round. There would be a reaction step, then an inspire step, then a surge step, and then you would go to scoring. But is that reaction step at the end of the action phase? Right. That... That's the thing is like, which is why I think that of all of the readings, yours is probably the most accurate, Jared. That you play it as a regular power card, but and it's it just needs missing. The, it miss, you can make the following that text. reaction text. That's correct. You add that text, you play it as a normal gambit, and now everything is solved because you know exactly when it's going to be done. And okay. It gives an opportunity for somebody to turn it off. Correct. I will agree with that opportunity. Like you give an opportunity to re to to turn it off. I also agree that it is not defined that there is a true end of action phase, a cl very clear reaction step. Right. Correct. Yeah. We can infer yeah. that, but it's not clear. Yeah. Then if I play this domain in that, let's say like it all pans out, and I can react to the end of the action phase. Then it opens up other reaction windows for the other reactions to domain cards. But let me throw this at you. So right now, this card is making it into my deck. Let's say the TO says, you want to know what? You have to play it during the power step, which gives you access to it at the end of the action phase. But the other domain cards, don't. They don't. they none of them specify, well, I shouldn't say none of them. Certain ones do not specify friendly or enemy fighters. This one being that type of domain card. So if I play this, would my opponent not have an opportunity to use its reaction at the end of the action phase? I don't think so, because I think it's your card. Yeah. Okay. But, 
Hold on, let me find the verbiage again because I'm down a rabbit hole on Underworld CB. <laughs> okay, no, not faction filter, set filter, gambits, domain. All right. Actually, this should probably, I could probably get rid of the set filter now. Okay. Uh, poison traps. You can make the following reaction. Use Go to creaking after. ceiling. Hold on, hold domain. on, hold on. I'm working, I'm working on it. All right. Circle of the Silver Grave Salt. Domain. Enemy fighters. Okay. One, Creaking ceiling. Domain. Each time a fighter is driven back. Okay. So that applies to everybody. All right. Drifting tides. That's the one we're arguing we're about. about. Yep. So we'll skip that one. Drowning warriors. Reaction after this, after domain gambit is played. Okay. That's not actually a domain card. All right. When a fighter is pushed, when a fighter is pushed. Okay. Uh, so reaction. At the end of the action phase, pick one. Give a fighter one upgrade from your hand. Or pick right. one. Okay, so it doesn't say this is why it's worded as fighter. This yeah. is why it's worded as a reaction, though. Could right. I give one of your fighters one of my upgrades? There's there's <laughs> one reaction window, right? We've right. we've learned forever that there's yep. one reaction window. Right. So it, it to me. It is meant to be played on your fighters only because of that reaction stipulation. If it just said at the end of the action phase, pick one. If it didn't say reaction, yep. at the end of the action phase, pick one. Then both of you get to do it. I, yeah, and I, I think this. I think this goes back. I think what's missing is you can make this reaction. Yeah, I think yes. if you put that phrase at the beginning, like under the keyword domain, then I think it solves the problem the question the real question is what was the intent of the card yeah the real question is the yes. intent. because so then i'm going to throw who's got, I'm who's throw, got the designers on hot on on speed dial Who do we, what's the email address the uh, G, uh, GW, gwplc right isn't that what it is like it's a it's a wonderworlds wh underworlds at gwplc.com everyone email them ask them about drifting tides yeah because the other when the can other this be played can my opponent use it because the other like pre like define that we have is the other new card, which is kind of defining the meta or could be defining the meta is whirlpool. It's a domain. When a fighter is pushed, it cannot end that push further from no one's territory. It is possible that the fighter is not pushed. If it is not possible, the fighter is not pushed. This effect persists to the end of the round or until another domain gamut is played. Again, I play it and it affects everyone. Yeah, when a fighter is pushed. Yep. So drifting tide, if we're going with I play it, I think any anybody can react, and that means that this card is trash and it's not going out there. Like Yeah, but only one player would get to react, right? Correct. And like I'm the one that brought it and you're the one that gets the upgrade. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Yeah, depending on yeah, depending on who ends up ending the turn first. Yeah. So if you're going through the like, if I finish my activations first, I score first. That means that I have the first opportunity to react to that window. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But yeah. but all of that is cleared up if you say you may make this reaction. Yep. So no, you played the card. You played the card. So you have the opportunity to make that reaction. Nova Tio. Whoever you are, I need a rules clarification because this 
the card, if it is a reaction that I get to play, it's really good. It's really good for Godsworn Hunt. It's really good for the for anti objectives. It's really good for pro objectives. If you get knocked off in the power step, mm-hmm. you can suck one back underneath you. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I think it gets forsaken because I don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. But whatever. Like yeah, right. Uh, Thank you all for indulging me down this rabbit hole that is drifting tides. Um, We're all right, and we're all wrong at the same time. Yeah. Damn it, I'm right. Maybe that's what we'll name this segment. We've got another (laughs) drifting tide segment. (laughs) There we go. Oh, so yeah, so that down the whirlpool we go. Yeah, that we went down that whirlpool, didn't we? There were some poison traps along the way. There sure was. And I'm just a drowning warrior. Glad I'm wearing my faceless mask so I can not not drown on my way down. That's right. I got it's okay. I got a breathing tube. We're all yeah. You do. You know because this was a really refreshing episode. You know, talking about the rich hunters, witch hunters. It was very purified waters. So you know, it's Uh, we're just throwing it all out there. That's yeah. It's it's like you know, it's just full circle, circle of silver uh, grave salts. It's just fun. Just drowning warriors all the way down. That's right. Just yep. Love, love. Now, now they're tainted because you used one twice. Oh no! Well, I guess we can, I guess we could consider our lives well spent. Oh, way to go! Oh my gosh! So, what, just an, what, another shout out. Now that we're closing the show and we're just rambling and making terrible references to cards and puns, Nova is fast approaching. There are a ton of events left, uh, specifically around Underworlds. Please join us. Beat my face in. I'm fine with it. I'm just happy to roll on dice. We will be playing a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, there that weekend as well, too. So stop on by. It is a great event. We're looking forward to the cantina and everything it has to offer. A bunch of us are going up on Wednesday. We'll be there all Wednesday. Jared and Trace are playing Age of Sigmar on Thursday. Danny and I and hopefully a couple other Jimmy and um, Gerard are hanging out on Thursday. So free day. Come by. Say hello. Get in your grand clash on uh, on Friday. Hopefully it's just Friday. Beat some face from Marvel Crisis Protocol on Saturday uh, and then bring it home on Sunday. So come join us. Have some fun. Um, with that, Jared. Yep. Let's take us out. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That's so it. For the Battle Mallet Podcast. Man, we've used up all the... the uh, <laughs> Use them all, all, all them up. We are we are three unworthy souls. There Could we go. you say we've spent all our glory? Good. Easy targets. Yeah. Great barons. Trace. This is Jared signing out. This is Trace denying some domains on his way out. No, that was pretty good. Well, I'm glad you all stayed with me. It's a real conquest of an episode. Um, so I'm Jason T- Table Newberry. Get the hell out of here. Peace. The Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats.
for it. The name is Grand Spade, <laughs> one of the dogs.